All right, what's going on, everybody? Robert Frank, 615, Glorious House of Gains podcast, I believe, episode 60. I'm by myself again. This is the first episode since I believe episode 44 or 45 where I did a solo show, so the bros are not here, but I've been wanting to do this video for a long time, and I think it's going to be good therapy for myself. I know, listen, I know that people out there are not going to give a massive fuck about a lot of what I'm going to say. However, and I know this for a fact, I know this because people have reached out, not only to me, but to Joey and Ray and Jimmy and, you know, Vinny, maybe even Pody, saying, listen, when Rob gets into these moods and he starts talking about numbers and algorithms and all this inner workings of social media, most of you guys just want to be entertained. You want to laugh, you want to be motivated, you want to be uh, stimulated in some way, whether it's sexually, by my voice. No, I'm kidding. Um, so doing a show dedicated to the inner workings of social media is not going to be very popular amongst the normal bros and broettes who listen to the podcast for the banter, the back and forth, the jokes, and, you know, uh, the patty with the fatty. How can we forget that? But so what I want to do is I want to make a video, and the, the closest thing that I can relate this video to is back in the 90s. You guys know I'm a wrestling fan, huge wrestling fan. By the way, how bad is wrestling today? I mean, I'm not talking about New Japan or Ring of Honor. I'm talking about WWE. I, I can't even sit and watch a show. There's no star power. There's ah, We're getting off track here. Anyway, WWE sucks. But anyways... Um, back in the 90s, I want to say, maybe it was late 80s, nah, probably early 90s, mid 90s, Shawn Michaels, the heartbreak kid, uh, one half of the Rockers. For those of you old school AWA fans, he was one half of the Midnight Rockers. But most of you guys know him from Degeneration X or, you know, just being Shawn Michaels, the heartbreak kid. He said, uh, I don't know if it was an in-ring interview or whatever it was, but he said that he lost his smile and that kind of went viral amongst the dirt sheets and, you know, uh, all the different pages that, you know, the blogs and shit that used to write on social media that Shawn Michaels was not happy and he lost his smile and it's not fun for him anymore to be on the road for 300 plus days a year and being away from his family and taking the bumps and doing this and that. And, you know, all of the uh, drugs and alcohol that he would have to put in his body just to be able to go out another night and entertain, you know, 10, 20, 30,000 fans. He, he was over it. And that pretty much happens to a lot of social media people as well. It's happened to Bradley Martin a bunch of times. It's happened to FouseyTube a bunch of times. It's happened to Dom Mazzetti a few times um, from people that I know. And this happened to me. And it's, uh, you know, you guys see what we want you to see. And I'm not just talking about me. I'm talking about anybody that you follow on social media. 
you only see what we want you to see. We want you to, uh, Robert Frank wants you to see this alpha male toxic masculinity uh, just always fucking amped up, fucking bitches, fucking up the weights, going out with your friends, drinking, partying, this, that, and the other. But you don't see the other side, you know? So I've always prided myself, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, I've always prided myself on being very transparent with my audience. And a lot of people don't want to see that. They only want to see one side, uh, the entertaining side, the side that's motivating them. But for those of you who want to stick around for this podcast, and I'm not going to try to make it two hours long, I'm going to try to wrap this up as quickly as possible. Um, I'd appreciate it if, you know, you give me some feedback and listen, guys, I know that you reach out to the other co-hosts a lot. You reach out to Ray worldwide. He sends me screenshots. He reach out to Joey and people are worried about me. They're like Rob's voice. Something in it is not right. I think he's depressed. I think he's suicidal. I think, um, you know, just different things like that. So what I want you guys to do is whatever you do in life, whether you sell insurance or you or you're a butcher, you uh, you're a mailman, whatever you are. Shout out to Big Brad Wolf, by the way. I know you're listening, my man. Uh, whatever you do in life, I want you to take yourself out of your shoes, and I just want you to think about being in my shoes, just for this podcast. And the things that I'm going to tell you are the reasons why it's not, uh, you know, I feel the way I feel sometimes. And it's not always. I have ups. I have downs. I've been having more downs than ups lately. But yesterday, for example, on fucking Joe Rogan, the number one podcast in the fucking world, Joe Rogan mentioned my name, uh, saying that I was this big steroided up bodybuilder who is actually hilarious. Actually, for those of you who didn't hear it, I do have it on my phone. So I'm going to try to pull it up right now as you guys are just waiting patiently for me to pull up this goddamn video. But here it is. Uh, let's see if I can get the volume cranked up on here. And this was on Joe Rogan's episode 1300 of his uh, Joe Rogan experience, I want to say, is the name of this podcast. Check it out. Hey, Jamie is a fucking hilarious guy who is uh, this uh, big uh, steroided up bodybuilder dude that's also very, very funny. Okay. And, uh, is he the one that does the bro science videos? Well, he's very, he's, he's always talking like this. Let me, let me find his... Uh, is he going to get me all swole? Here it is. Okay. Robert Frank. Hold on a second. Abortion. Yeah, it's... Here, I'm going to send this to you. Hang on a second. Do you know what it is, Jamie? Robert Frank, 615. All right, so that was Joe Rogan. Yeah, he uh, talked about me for a while. He wanted to play one of my videos. Joe Rogan follows me on Instagram, and he was trying to play one of my videos on his show. But because his producer didn't follow me, shame on you, producer of Joe Rogan's podcast, he was not able to pull up the video. And anyway, to make a very long story short, he said that he sends out my my videos in like a group chat that he has with Brendan Schwab and my, uh, uh, Brian Callen and who actually texted me the other night too saying that my recent videos have been cracking them the fuck up. So it's only a matter of time, guys, where the big RF615 will be either on Fighter and the Kid, uh, which we were supposed to do back in January, but time just wasn't working on, on our side, uh, or Joe Rogan's podcast. Um, but anyways, these are the little ups that you have when you're doing what I'm doing. 
So I want to rewind to June of 2017. I filmed for a documentary, which was supposed to be, I don't know if you guys even know this, but uh, I could talk about it now because it's been so fucking long and it nothing really came out of it. Um, but any time that I inquire about it, they say that it's still in the works, it's still in post-production, it's still being shopped around to different fucking media outlets. Basically what happened is it was a documentary about social media influencers and personalities like a Robert Frank 615. And it was just going to be a, uh, a documentary about, you know, how we got started, the ups, the downs, the ins, the and outs about social media and, you know, how we're making a living on it now. And, you know, some people are millionaires, some people are multimillionaires, some people are hundred thousandaires. Uh, and they just wanted to know about that. And I believe a uh, girl with no job was part of this, the fat Jewish uh, was part of this, uh, Tank Sinatra was part of this. And a couple of others that I can't think of off the top of my head, um, but they ended up doing another, I guess someone caught wind of the idea and they ended up doing another documentary about social media people, which I didn't make the cut for. And that one actually got picked up by whoever. And I think it was on Netflix or something like that. But anyway, so that project is still to this day on hold. And um, that is when, when I was being interviewed for that, for that uh, documentary, that's when I learned how fucking stressed out I really was doing this social media shit. And it shouldn't be. And let me say this. When I resigned from my job, I, you know, episode 44 or 45 you guys listened to, and it was the whole journey of me retiring or, or uh, resigning from my job and doing this full time. I knew 1 million percent what I was getting myself into. So I don't want anybody to think that I'm trying to make you guys feel bad for me. I just want you guys to see it from my point of view. I knew what I was getting myself into. So when I was being interviewed, they were asking me questions like, and you got to remember, this was at a time where every dude, I couldn't do anything wrong. Every video that I was making, this was around the time of rompers for men, fidget spinners, juice head too. Um, there were some other ones too. It was like five or six videos in a row. They were all being picked up by world star, all being picked up by uh, Unilad over on Facebook millions and millions and millions of views. I, there was, I was clicking on all cylinders and the guy, the interviewer was asking me, he was like, you know, uh, how do you feel, you know, when, you know, maybe your video doesn't get a million views. What if, you know, you come out with a stinker and you only get, you know, a hundred thousand views now to the normal person who has, you know, 8,000 followers on Instagram to get a hundred thousand fucking views is, is, mind boggling, right? But for someone who's used to getting so many more and so many more, anyway, it's it's a uh it's a little bit of a mind fuck. So I never thought about that. I never thought about views. I never thought about how many comments. Joey Bag of Donuts is so obsessed with the comments, but I, I don't I I view likes and I know people just scroll through their Instagram and just double tap shit that they don't watch. So a comment probably means a lot more than a like. But some comments are just people tagging other people or laughing my ass off or crying faces. I don't consider those comments. So anyways, um, I never cared about numbers. And now that Instagram is rolling out this new uh, 
this new thing out in Canada, I believe it's active right now, where they're hiding the views and the likes of a person's post. Um, and that is really good and really bad. It's good for people who are consumed with numbers and, you know, every little thing bothers them. Uh, you know, oh, this video only got 500 views or this video only got half a million views or, oh, this video, you know, only has four likes. It helps those kind of people and people who are, are established. It is not going to hurt. I like to think that Robert Frank 615 at this point, uh, two and a half years into the social media world is an established personality. People know my face. They might. I was just in the mall in a sneaker store. And this fucking kid came up and asked me if I was me. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a recognizable face. Maybe it's the beard. Maybe it's the neck tattoo. Maybe it's whatever. It's definitely not the muscles because I'm shriveling away to nothing at this point. But um, it's not going to hurt me. It's going to hurt the up-and-coming social media people, on Instagram anyway. I don't know what Facebook plans are, Twitter's plans are for uh, hiding views and likes and shit like that. But let's just say for a person who has you know 10,000 followers on Instagram and they're trying to grow their page, you know, usually around, I say 10,000, that's still a very low number com- considering people that are getting brand deals and shit. So let's just say like 100,000 followers. When you can't see um, likes and comments or likes and, and views, that hurts people that are trying to get brand deals. A brand deal is, um, you know, a my bookie that I have right now. It's a, you know, you, you get paid to do a video for a company and they know that a certain amount of eyeballs are going to look at this fucking video and it's going to get a certain amount of comments and it's going to get a certain amount of link clicks and swipe ups. And they know that. So they pay according to your engagement. Somebody that has 100,000 followers where a my bookie can't see how many views you're getting, can't see how many comments you're getting or how many likes you're getting on a video, these could all be fake followers. So um, they, they don't have a number to, to judge off of. So for the up and coming people who want to do social media as a full time job, that is going to be uh, kind of tough. So let's fast forward a little bit to the Instagram thing and getting a little bit back to uh the stress of it all. So I was advised, I'm not going to say who advised me, but I was advised by someone pretty, pretty high up there that I should put my page on private. And this is part of the reason why Joe Rogan was not able to pull up my video because his producer didn't follow me and yada, yada, yada. And the reason I went private is because of something uh, called revenge reporting. What that does, what that means is anytime I upload a video, whether it's a rage video or a a dancing in my kitchen video, there are a certain amount of people that probably have side group chats on Instagram. Oh, Robert Frank just uploaded a fucking video. Go report it. And they can report it for whatever. They can report it for hate speech or violence or whatever. And Instagram, because they can't get to every single report, they go based on how many people are reporting a video in a certain amount of time based on the amount of followers you have. If it hits that magic number, whatever it is, they're automatically going to remove your video. People are recording suicides on Instagram. They're recording violence, uh, murders, uh, hangings, stabbings, you know, people 
they can't have someone man every single video and watch it and determine whether or not it's a legit, uh, you know, offense or not. So if a certain amount of people report it, it gets taken down. So yeah, that was happening to me and it doesn't just happen to me. It happens a lot to, you know, uh, Republicans, Democrats, you know, people who are super far right wing, super far left wing, um, controversial figures, the guy, Alex Jones, who, uh, I guess he's kicked off of pretty much every social media platform. Now he's been on Joe Rogan a few times, but people like him, even Joe Rogan said, uh, in the past that revenge reporting is a real thing. And, and it's unfortunate because, you know, you have, I could have, have a, a, a video up of me petting a fucking puppy and if a certain amount of people report it uh, for the same reason or whatever, then, you know, it will get removed. So I put my page on private because supposedly that's supposed to alleviate the, uh, the problem. Um, when you're private, I think the actual number of people that have to report your shit goes up because you're a private page and, you know, if people are following you, they kind of know what they're going to get. What I learned from being private is how many fake fucking accounts are all over Instagram. When you're private, you have to accept every single person that requests you. Now, at any given time, if I put my phone down for an hour and then pick my phone back up again, I'll have 200 requests and I have to go through each one of them and hit accept. I would say eight out of the 10 were fake accounts. They were, you know... Um, porn bots, they were uh, buy followers, two, three, four, buy followers, five, 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 buy followers, six, seven, eight. There were all these fake fucking pages, which I was declining, obviously. I don't need those people taking up my follower account. Um, so that is the one good thing that I like about being private and of course to stop the revenge reporting, but none of my friends really understand why I want to be private. You're supposed to be a public figure. You're supposed to, you know, uh, be accessible to everyone. Another thing that the private thing does is private stops you from getting on the explore page. You do not end up on the Instagram explore page if you're private. You also uh, don't show up in tags. Like if you hashtag, you know, gains, you're not going to show up. If you do a location, I'm in uh, Atlantic City, New Jersey, you're not going to pop up on the location tag because you are private. So uh, with all that said, and I'm going to get off Instagram for, you know, for a minute, but um, yeah, that is why I went private. And uh, so for any of you asking that, you know, I see that you're on private now, what's up with that? That is the reason. And for all of you guys making fun of me that Joe Rogan's producer couldn't uh, pull up my video and they stopped talking about me because I was private. Uh, that's actually Joe Rogan's producer's fault that he didn't follow me. It's not my fault. So let's move on um, from Instagram for, for a moment. Let's go on to Facebook. Facebook, and again, this is all looking through Robert Frank's eyes in this video. It may be really painful for you guys to listen to, but I hope that you're learning something. So on my Facebook page, I have 650,000 followers. It's actually like 659, 659K. Since about the beginning of the year, around January 1st, right after I did that Michael Jackson or Michael Trapson collab video, Almost every video that I did, my reach was reaching less than 100,000 people. When you have the insights to your, uh, 
you know, all your insights on Instagram or Facebook, you can see everything. How many, um, how many, uh, accounts that your video has reached, how many people liked it, how many people shared it, how many people, uh, commented on it, how many people followed you because they watched this one video. You could see all that shit on my Facebook. What I noticed is all of my videos and memes, pictures, screenshots, whatever I was posting was reaching less than 100,000 fucking people. So I'm like, wait a minute, why? I have 650,000 followers. Why is there only, and the MacBook just went dead. Give me a moment. So I popped this back up here. Why is it only reaching 100,000 people? Like that doesn't seem right. So I reached out to my Facebook um, rep and said, hey, you know, I'd like to schedule a phone conference. I have a couple of questions, yada, yada, yada. And no one would get back to me. No one would get back to me. Finally, I get a call back and or an email back to uh, talk about the problem. So she said, oh, yeah, you know, uh, well, there's been some algorithm changes. They always they love to blame an algorithm. Um, nobody knows what the fucking algorithm is. Nobody knows anything about it. But they just like to say the reason that this is happening is because of the algorithm. So she asked me. Have you ever thought about boosting your posts? I said, wait a minute. Boosting your posts is an option that creators have on Instagram. For those of you, I mean, on uh, they have it on Instagram as well, but on Facebook, where you can pay a certain amount of money, let's just say 100 bucks, will get you to reach an extra 1,000 to 15,000 people. If you want to boost it for 200 bucks, you'll reach 2,000 to 30,000 more people. What will happen is you'll get more likes, more comments, more shares, more this, more that, more engagement. But at the very tippy top of the post, you will it will say sponsored post. So basically, you're telling all of your audience, hey, I paid for you guys to see this. So when you see a million views, two million views, 500,000 views, or even 500 views, people are going to know that you're paying for it. That is not organic engagement. If I wanted to reach more than the 660,000 people that follow me, then maybe I would pay to boost a fucking post. But until then, I should reach all 660,000 of the people that consciously, knowingly, willingly hit the follow button or the like button or subscribe button, whatever platform we're talking about. So then she says, okay, we're going to look into it. We're going to look into it. We're going to look into it. And then what happens, they just disappear off the face of the earth. So I reached out to them two more times and we're still looking for an answer of why my Facebook page is not reaching a fraction of how many people followed. I always use the, the, um, uh, the, uh, God, I'm fucking drawing a blank here. Um, Basically, what I'm trying to say is if you subscribe to a newspaper, if you subscribe to uh, the New York Times and it's a daily newspaper, you should get that newspaper every fucking day, right? Because you subscribe to the newspaper, not when the paper boy decides they're going to fucking give you the paper, which is what Facebook is doing is, all right, we're not going to show people this video. We're not going to show people that video. We're going to show people this video. So that's that. Now, let's go to YouTube. So Facebook, we discuss Instagram a little bit. We discuss Facebook a little bit. 
And these are the things that frustrate me as a creator, which is why my content has slowed down. I'm not as thrilled to do anything. I have always known that the videos that you look forward to doing and the ones that you can't wait to upload, those are always going to be the ones that fucking bomb, that just fail miserably. But the ones that you're just like, ah, I haven't posted in a week. Let me just throw some shit at the wall. That's the ones that are going to go fucking super viral. So I made a comment yesterday, I think, to Joey that I just I'm, I'm, I don't even care what I post anymore. I'm just going to fucking throw shit at the wall and not care about anything. Um, and he was like, oh, well, that's a bad attitude to have. You should care. You should care. You should care. But when shit is so far out of my control, I just don't really care. So on to YouTube now. You guys know that we do the live stream on the podcast on my YouTube channel, which is has been broken for months. When I say broken, there's 200,000 subscribers to that channel. Videos, I mean, you get rare ones here and there that'll get 20, 30, 40, 50,000 views. Right now, to break 2,000 views, which is 1%, 1% of my following, um are watching these videos. Now, there's a couple schools of thought. Okay, um, they just don't like you anymore. They, they don't care to watch your shit anymore. Okay, well, if I don't like something or I don't want to follow something anymore or I don't care when Joe Schmo posts a video, I am unsubscribing or I am unfollowing. That's not happening. I'm still gaining new fucking subscribers every day. So that doesn't make any sense. The only other thing that makes sense is people are not being alerted to when I post a new video, and I've heard this a billion fucking times. I'm subscribed to your channel, but I don't get fucking notifications. Okay, we'll turn the notification bell on. I've done that, and then I got unsubscribed to your channel. Now, this is th- these are things that you think are just made-up bullshit because it's an it's a influencer or a social media personality trying to cover up some shit that their channel is just fucking dead. These are real things that are happening. So I had a conference or an email back-and-forth conference with my YouTube rep. Basically, what she said was because of my content, because of of the things that I post, it's going to turn now YouTube, for those of you who don't know, has a very young audience. I would say the majority of their audience are under 18 years old. I would say more than 50% are kids. They're under 18. Because of my content and when their quote unquote algorithm picks up a curse word, a fuck bomb, a shit, a bitch, a cunt, whatever you want to say, they are not going to show, they're not going to show your video to those people who subscribe and click the notification bell, which is a huge majority of the YouTube audience. She also said that I'm not hitting all the nails on the head in order to, because she looked at my account, she looked at the last couple of videos, played a couple of them, and you know, found out that I do a lot of swearing, I'm very controversial, toxic masculinity, which all these platforms are against now. And she's like, well, you know, you only posted uh, four times in April or whatever. She goes... You need to be posting three times a week, uploading videos, you know, three times a week. Um, 75% of your videos should be longer than 10 minutes. 
um, this and like giving all these stipulations. She goes, and then at that time, you will end up on the suggested user feed in the suggested video feed, but you're not hitting all the nails on the head. So basically it's a fucking game. It's the more you upload and I've never been someone to just upload, just upload. I am 1 billion percent and I always will be 1 billion percent uh, quality of content over quantity of content. Despite what they want me to do, I've always been that way and I always will be that way. So there's YouTube. So when my Twitter is fine right now, my Twitter is my lowest platform. I think I just broke 45,000 followers. If you guys follow me on Twitter, I'm a lot more active there than I am on the other platforms and I'm having fun with it. People are engaging with my shit. They're commenting, they're retweeting, they're liking, they're asking questions. They're fucking, uh, it's, 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 it's really fun. I'm really digging Twitter right now. And, um, yeah, so follow me if you don't already. And, uh, if you don't have a Twitter, then I guess you can't follow me, but it only takes 30 seconds to create an account and be interactive with your boy. So yeah, these are the things that are happening. And as a creator, and again, I'm not blaming anybody. I knew what I was getting into by quitting my job and just taking a shot in the dark, pissing in the wind saying, Hey, we're going to try to make this shit work. And it's you know, let's hope that we don't get caught with our own fucking piss. You know what I mean? So here are a couple of things on the, on the bright side. I don't want this. I, I can already tell if you guys are still listening to this, that I'm just, I'm being super negative. I'm fucking prick. I'm oh, he's fucking crying about shit. I've got so many good things going on right now. I have probably from what I've seen and I don't see much anymore cause I have everything muted. I have probably one of the most loyal and engaging fan bases. I hate the word fan. Let's say audience or bros and broettes, whatever. Fan is such a fucking goofy word Um, because I don't think anyone should be a fan of mine. I think you're either my bro or you're not. So engaging. I mean, motherfuckers, you either love me or you hate me. There's very few people that are sitting on their hands when they watch a Robert Frank video. You either ha- you have something to say. That's awesome. Um, you know, financially over the past, you know, since we've been doing this full time, I've made damn near a million fucking dollars. Never in a million years would I think that I would make that kind of money by not fucking having to go to work. But it's because you guys are so engaging and so interactive with my shit that you get the supplements, you get the merchandise, the t-shirts, the fucking, the hoodies, the book, the cameos, we got the brand deals coming in and is really, really fucking close to a million dollars, two and a half years in. And again, that's not me bragging. That's just me thanking you and being, you know, just upfront and transparent because a lot of people want to know how much these people make. You know, is this guy really making this much money? Does this guy, you know, how could he afford to fucking... Uh, you know, he doesn't go to work. He doesn't have a job. How does he afford to get this? How does he afford to get that? And these are the answers. Um, we've invested tens of thousands of dollars in projects that um, I'm, they're just, they're in the, the stages right now of really getting fucking worked out. And it's, you know, it's going to be rev- another, more revenue streams. We have three more revenue streams that are opening up. And again, I know you guys don't care about that, but I'm just letting you know that, uh, you know, we have things. Because like I said, when I was in, in the UK for Body Power, 
I said I knew all of this has a shelf life. The Rage character, the Robert Frank bandana guy, he's, you know, very few people can be a Don Mazzetti where you stay pretty much in the limelight and every video you do is just clicking on all cylinders for 10 years plus, you know? Usually around a year, even less than a year, is when these people die out. You get your flash in the pans. Luckily, I've been, this July will be three years that I've been doing this. So I got very lucky. Um, I'm always constantly trying to evolve the character. It went originally from me talking normally uh, to then me growling to then me really starting to cut wrestling style promos to then me making my words rhyme in the videos and just, you know, catchy catchphrases and shit like that. And uh, I'm always trying to evolve the character so he doesn't get stale. He doesn't, you know, um, I'm still to this day, every, this last Rage video that I did, the Guidette Roulette, uh, what did I post it on Monday, I guess? It's still, people are still, you catch 10 to 20 comments in the comment section. This is your best video yet. Best one you've ever done. So for people to tell me that two and a half years into doing this character and God, probably 200 rage videos later for people to tell me that the, the last one that I did is the best one I ever did is fucking awesome. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've slowed down on the skits. I've slowed down on like the vlogs, really YouTube. I just got super frustrated with YouTube where I just don't want to post anything there anymore because it's just a bad look. You know what I mean? I, I get people at the local store that I go to in the morning to get my coffee. The one girl, uh, a woman that worked there, she goes, oh, my daughter said that, um, that you're like a big YouTube star. Um, please don't say I'm a YouTube star because if, if anybody goes to my YouTube channel and sees that my videos get 2,000 views, they're going to think that I'm really bad at my job, which I'm not. I think I'm pretty good at my job. But anyways, the bright side to all this is the podcast is uh, not going anywhere. We're still going to be cranking out content. I just wanted to see, uh, wanted you guys to see from my point of view why I've you know kind of been kind of out of it lately. And last but not least, I know we're already 30-something minutes into this thing. I'm not going to hold you guys too long, but my health is really fucked up. Doing a lot of things um, just to... I don't wanna, it's not pressure. I don't, I don't know what it is. It's just... To be... It, it's, it's still a really fucking weird feeling for me, two and a half years in... When we go out to bars, someone come up and be like, oh, man, let me take a picture. Let me fucking let's talk. Meet at the gym. Yo, you Robert Frank. Like I said before at the mall. Yo, you Robert Frank. Oh, my God, bro. Let me get a picture. Yada, yada, yada. It's still weird for me to to be that guy. And I do well with it. You know, I make conversation. I talk to people. I take the pictures. I shake the hands. I kiss the babies. I do all that. It's uh, it, it's it's a good time. But it's still kind of weird for me, and I always feel like I let people down because, in the, especially in the beginning, I haven't gotten a lot lately, but people would always say, dude, I expected you to be bigger. I thought you were bigger. I thought you were bigger. I thought you were bigger. So um, I have been doing things, maybe not to make me bigger, but... Um, you know, I hired the diet coach, uh, Tony, who was a guest on the podcast a few weeks ago. I've been doing a massive amount of cardio. I've been doing a lot of things uh, compensating for these two bad shoulders and um, biceps tendonitis that I have in both arms. been doing a lot of bad shit that I really don't care to tell you guys that I do, but I do a lot 
taking a lot of shit and it is killing my health. Um, if you guys listen to the podcast, we make a joke about it all the time, but my urine, uh, every time I take a piss has been the color of like iced tea for uh, maybe the past couple of months, a couple of weeks, maybe, yeah, maybe four, four to eight weeks, I'd say. Don't want to go to the doctor because I don't want to know what the fuck it is because I know it's something kidney or liver related and, you know, you just get in these funks sometimes where you just don't care. Like, if you're going to die, whatever, fucking just go out on top. What do I always say? Get me a double wide casket and make sure you give me a spray tan before you close the box because I want to be the most jacked and tan motherfucker to die that day. Back to the shoulders and biceps. The easy answer is, Rob, why don't you just fucking go get surgery? Why don't you get surgery? That is such an easy answer, and I wish it was that simple. The problem with that is, and again, things that you guys don't know because you only see what we want you to see, is I have been on standby for a while now from different projects that I've been doing to be asked to go out and film for... Um, pilots, movies, TV shows, documentaries, and I can't be fucking in a fucking sling or in a cast or anything like that. I have to. So what I've been doing, not to drag this out, I've just been doing everything I can to stay in shape and overcompensating with drugs, supplements, um, uh, medication to kind of numb the pain. So I know that the inside of my body right now is just a fucking ticking time bomb. And it's only a matter of time before it just says, all right, bro, you're done. But the bright side to all this is I did go to the doctor today for my sleep apnea because I am scaring the shit out of my wife and I'm scaring the shit out of myself, waking up, gasping for air multiple times a night. And uh, I am going for a sleep study in two weeks, and they're going to get me whatever mask it is that I have to wear, the CPAP machine. So at least I will be getting a restful night's sleep and not fucking die in my sleep, even though that would be the way to go. But I envision myself going a different way. Not going to tell you what that, got, what that is, because then, yeah, that would be kind of weird. But anyway... Um, what am I leaving out? I know I, I jotted some notes down. I already went over the podcast and, um, oh, so the podcast, let's get into this real quick. Let's wrap this up in three minutes. We're not going anywhere. The reason I just said that, uh, I wanted to do a solo show today, kind of give, to give the guys a night off. Um, you know, we've been doing this for 60 episodes now and, you know, oh man, I, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus because I'm just as much to blame and I should be under the bus with everybody. But things, you know, when you do this for so long and you have expectations and you hear other people and you see other podcasts doing this and doing that, um, I don't know. I don't know whether it was a, a monetary, um, I don't want to say investment, but. I think some of the people at the roundtable of testosterone thought that we would be in a different place right now with the podcast based on my audience on, on the, the social media platforms of 200, uh, 2 million plus followers, um, you know, between Jimmy and Ray and, and Joey and Vinny and whoever else that we have, that's like another 10,000, um, 
And, you know, you'd like to think that we would be in a different spot, maybe with some uh, brand deals or some live reads or something like that. And we do have them. But there's, you know, the, the podcast is something that we do for free. The bros take time out of their own night and we do it pretty late. And, you know, I'm the only one that doesn't have to work in the morning. So we do it pretty late on a Wednesday night uh, most of the time. And, you know, the way that I'll say it is this. If something else is going on in someone's life. Now, Vinny, you know, he's a sanitation worker, so he really can't be on the show anymore. Something we already talked about that in the past. Something went down with his job or whatever. And, um, you know, he's a scheduled change and everything. So he really can't be on the show, but he was a great co-host. Um, just, you know, being able to lighten the mood and tell funny stories. And Vinny, you know, out of everybody has the most stories to tell. He goes out every weekend, he gets fucking annihilated. Um, you know, all legal shit, of course. But, um, you know, he, him not being there put like a little hole in the podcast, but you know, Ray is, Ray is gung ho about it every week. He'll text, he'll be the first one to text me. Yo, we podcasting tonight. We podcasting tonight. Like, what are we talking about? What's on the agenda? He's still very much into it. Um, Jimmy is, um, you know, we, I didn't even know this, but Jimmy has missed. I think Joey said it was like five or six weeks in a row that he missed the podcast. And, Again, we do it late. He's got to work in the morning. Uh, he travels a lot for work, so sometimes he's in other states or something comes up. But um, or you know, just if something better comes along, people you know they're just not like ah, I could skip out on it. I just won't go to the podcast tonight. Um, and Joey is you know he's just like a oh are we doing it? Are we doing it? Okay, we're doing it. All right, I'll be there. If we're not doing it, oh okay. Doesn't ask no questions. It's like. Oh, why aren't you doing it? Why aren't you doing it? Actually, today he asked me for the first time, why don't I want to do the podcast? But again, I'm not throwing anybody under the bus because it's just the uh, the morale of in the beginning when it was brand new and fresh. People are like, oh, man, I can't wait. Podcast tonight. Oh, we're going to talk about this, talk about that. And then it just became like, oh, we're doing a podcast. Oh, fuck my life. But no. We are, we're going to get the pet back in the step and I want to get some guests lined up, man. Cause I think the guests bring a lot of energy. They bring a lot of heat. They bring a lot of, um, they bring uh, kind of like that anticipation back. Like, oh yeah, we're, even if it's not a huge name. I mean, when we had Tony McElhaney uh, uh, on, he, uh, he's, he had 700 followers on Instagram. Nobody knew who he was, but he was such a good guest. He gave us so much information um, and, you know, just personable. And we learned a lot and it was good to have somebody like him on. So what I want to do is I want to get some some guests lined up and uh, really get the light the fire back onto the podcast because it's uh, it is fun once we're here and we're all here. It's just sometimes it's just hard to get everyone here. Um, That's it, man. That's it. Just, you know, solo show, 42 minutes in. I don't even know if I know how to upload this thing. But anyways, uh, I'll talk to you guys later. This has been episode 60 of the Glorious House of Gains podcast. And we're signing out.